He's simply ravishing. Oh my goodness, yes! Stand up! Whatever you are doing right now, stand the fuck up and show some respect for Ravishing Rick Rude and that fucking phenomenal theme music. Damn it, I've been waiting to use that fucking thing. Love that theme. And I love me some Rick Rude. Uh, welcome everybody to this week's edition of the Wrestling Wars Podcast. I'm your host, Mighty NorCal. We're back again, and we have finally, finally secured our big time uh, high-profile guest body guy Johnson Roy Harris um, we will be getting that interview shortly just wanted to give a uh, short open and welcome you all to the show and uh, do an update on the current ongoings in wrestling uh, as we as probably most of you all know this weekend was the Beast in the East network special where we saw Finn Balor uh, rise ascend to the position of NXT champion over Kevin Owens um I'll give my thoughts on the show real quick. Overall, I thought it was a really good, um, really solid little show that didn't, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, shall we say, gaga. There wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, promo stuff and vignettes or anything. It was just a straightaway wrestling show, and I thought that was very enjoyable. Um, it started off with a really, really good little match between uh, Adrian Neville and Chris Jericho. Um, I love the action in that, especially the go-home sequence. About the last two minutes of that match was just, like, completely phenomenal. Um, I was surprised that Jericho ended up winning, but I guess they wanted to go with the uh, the surprise result in that one. Um, so, that was really awesome. Uh, it was kind of a throwaway Divas match. It was what it was. Yet another successful uh, defense by uh, Nikki Goldberg. I mean, uh, Nikki Bella. Yeah, um... She did her thing, got another victory, and then we got on to the Balor Owens match. Um, it fell kind of in the category of 
very good, but somewhat underwhelming. I just feel like both guys uh, have it in them to to do something a little bit a little bit uh, higher level than what we got to see. But um, it was still a very good match and um, a good uh, good way to pass to pass the uh, pass the torch to Balor. Um, I liked a lot of uh, Owen's heel mannerisms, throwing the throwing the flowers out of the ring and uh, hamming it up with the crowd was was awesome. And um, it was cool to see Balor ascend in the where he first gained a lot of prominence over there in uh, New Japan. Um, uh, I would have liked, um, I don't know, like I said, it's hard to put my finger on exactly how how the match underwhelmed me. Um, the last eight minutes or so were really, really good, and uh, I love the go-home sequence. Um, one thing I am starting to get a little concerned with is... Uh, I, I really hope they discontinue um when Owens move uses all these crazy moves in his move set it's starting to become like they're just regular signature spots that we're gonna get in every single match such as the package power bomb and um that reversal of a off the top rope package whatever the fuck that's called where he flips them kind of sideways off the ropes um. I really hope that doesn't because when you saw them and those happened for the first time, they were like really big holy shit moments. And um, if they're just another spot that he goes through, like you know Orton does the DDT off the ropes and all this that and the other, and, and uh, Cena does his his uh, new expanded move set, but he does it like every week at about the same juncture in the match. I really just really hope that isn't where they take some of the more uh, um, elaborate, uh, elaborate, uh, unique facets of, of Kevin Owens' moveset. I hope that doesn't become an every-time thing. Um, a lot of his offense reminds me kind of, um, and this is going to be for you um, old-school mid or late-90s WCW guys, but a lot of that stuff reminds me of the stuff that like Perry Saturn used to do and, um, and that Canyon, Chris Canyon used to do where uh, it would just be really unique um, unusual offensive maneuvers that would come out of nowhere, but they wouldn't use the same stuff every match. Um, and I just hope that they can keep it that way with, with Owens and, and not overuse his spots to where it's an every single week, every single match thing where he's just kind of going through the motions like a lot of the rest of the roster. Uh, everything that makes Owens great is his uniqueness. Um, I'm glad for Bal- Balor. I think if I think once he finally gets completely comfortable with everything and uh, the style over here, uh, he can be a really really huge deal from the first time I saw him I said that guy right there um if he can get it together he's he's fucking money money in the bank and uh it looks like WWE feels that same way um they look like they're putting a lot into him and uh trying to you know pump him up to be the next big star for that brand so uh that's good uh the show ended with a I didn't mind. A lot of people have shown a lot of outrage about uh, the the NXT match not closing out the show. I really didn't mind it because, you know, they didn't have to worry about time. They didn't have to worry about um, the crowd being worn out. They didn't have to, you know what I'm saying? It was the, the spotlight was completely 100% on them and on the NXT title, and they gave them a lot of time, and the crowd was super into it. Um, I felt I don't really I don't in this situation the way things played out I don't mind that decision uh, because you know when they come out for the tag match at the end it's kind of just okay this is just you know some bullshit match that's just fun and um, you know everybody go home happy and it's no not really a huge deal when 
the spotlight was really put on the NXT title and the time was given to them to really put them together. That was special. So I, I didn't mind that decision overall. Um, another wrestling news. Uh, I guess GFW is going to be invading TNA, but GFW is going to invade TNA with old TNA wrestlers but not really old, like two weeks ago they were on the TNA roster, so it's kind of obvious that they're all sort of under the same umbrella. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, the original invasion, you know, we all know about the NWO, that worked because the image was given that those guys were still with the WWF. Uh, the GF, GFW is not like a real entity to any in anybody's eyes right now, and obviously none of these guys have been with GFW for years the way that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were with the WWE for years. So I don't, I don't know. It's not going to get my interest. Uh, you know, anybody out there in TNA who any of the, the Dixie Cups out there who like TNA. Uh, if that's going to get your interest, then great. But it's certainly not jogging mine anytime soon. And um, I wish all those guys the best if Jared ends up uh, buying that company uh, for reals. Um, as you guys can see, I'm on the solo open this week. And a big part of that is because, before we get done with this uh, intro, I want to give a shout-out to my co-contributor, uh, KB who is over in jolly old England. This is, I should have used Rule Britannia for the fucking opening of this show since we got a British guest, and uh, KB is over in England right now. KB will be marrying his lovely bride, Becca, um, before probably by the time he hears this, or definitely by the next time I'll be able to talk to him. So, wish you guys all the best. Shout out on the show here. Um, as I know, Becca is a regular listener. Um... HPK would be proud. <laughs> KB climbed the ladder and cl- and claimed the title at the top. <laughs> uh, so I hope wish you guys all the best. Um, so today we have the much anticipated guest, somebody I've been talking about having on here for a long time. Um, current indie wrestler, a uh, little bit higher than indie. I mean, uh, the he wrestles for a wrestling, which is a pretty big deal over in England, probably the top promotion. Uh, in England, that isn't, uh, you know, the WWE. So, um, we are very excited to have him, and I am going to get him up on the the old gyroscope, the old telephono, right here for us. Um, thanks, everybody, for your patience waiting for this. Finally, the day has come. Here we go. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, with this week's much anticipated guest finally at long last it is the future of the business <laughs> body guy johnson rory harris what's up man so what's glad up, to get you here yeah uh, man it's been um been planning this for a while haven't we so it's good yeah, to finally get this along. our busy schedules aligned and get this um get this thing going man so first to uh lay out to you know introduce yourself I know mm-hmm. you can cut those those self-aggrandizing promos. Um, <laughs> tell us uh, who you who you work who you're working for. Well, mainly I know you work with the guys that you trained with. Um, yep. How long since your first match? Uh, how deep we are into this are we? Who are you working for currently, sir? Okay, so I'll start from the top. 
Um, I train with and wrestle for Progress Wrestling. Uh, I would say, and a lot of people agree, they're the number one wrestling promotion in the UK. Okay. Uh, making making really big waves. They've had like, well, they have they've had guys like um, Fergal Devitt had wrestled his last UK show with them. Yeah, I was just um, gonna say, I'm pretty yeah. sure Balor they talked about progress on their on his. Yeah, that's video. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah they have they had um, his his footage from that sh- from that last match actually on the documentary. Um, yeah, they've had Samoa Joe do shows with them, Cockroach Banner, um, Tommaso Ciampa, Roderick Strong, Zack Sabre Jr. does a lot of stuff with them. Uh, Mason Ryan, I've been on the show with him before. Um, Grado, everyone, I'm sure that side knows Grado now. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're doing really well. They're, they're phenomenal in terms of how their their brand is promoted and like the fans really buy into their brand and they um, do and something I wanted to tell you that you you know if I don't know I don't know how it works I don't know <laughs> but if you could pass along like uh, I hear a lot about progress on a lot of um yeah. like the podcasts and things I listen to like the uh, MLW guys put you guys over a lot and, yeah that's um, why I listen to that one yet. yeah 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 and uh but okay so then you know what I'm about to say is they a lot yeah. of people say they wish there was uh, a distribution thing where they could get a hold of the progress shows a lot easier than they currently can. Ah, I have an answer for that. Okay, okay. go for it. Yes, I was going to plug this at the end of the end of the show. Okay. Um, right, and and this this is actually a, a worldwide thing. So Progress Wrestling have their own network, like WWE Network. Oh wow! And um, it is so because of how it works and how it's is push for the UK market is £4.99 a month, but it's actually for, it equates to $7.14, I think. Um, it's called Demand Progress, uh, where it has basically, it has every show that they've done, um, and certain specials that they have up there as well. They even have my first matches up there. Alright, I was about to ask that, good, good, yeah. good. Um, so, I mean, just to quickly plug that for them and to help you guys out because if you've mentioned that people want to see it then oh yeah you know, and that's and then, like I said they, they, that's what I usually hear them talking about on there is like you know progress yeah. is some really badass stuff but you gotta kinda go out of your way to find it but now yeah. that you have put that out there yeah, man. They'll, it'll help people <laughs> out a lot that's awesome um, so yeah it's, 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 it's demand progress or one word dot pivot share dot com that's okay. That's it. It's, it's all there. It's all, all good and ready for people to and watch. If and if somebody, I, I don't think you probably haven't tested this out yet, but if somebody wasn't as tech savvy, they could probably just put demand progress into Google, and yep. it would probably take you there. Okay, the okay so there you go. And yep. if you out there, there hit it up. Yep. Um, that's good stuff. See, see the future of European wrestling and the current of European wrestling coming up right now. Yep. And if, if you don't want to dive in and pay seven dollars forty cents straight away. Go on YouTube, search for Progress Wrestling. They've got one full show up, one full chapter show up, and that happens to be the show that that Mr. Devitt or Finn Balor, as he's now known, that's the one he was on. Um, they have that up there. They have loads of the Endeavor shows, which I work on. They're the the trainee shows. Um, they have a few and, and just a few random matches. So if you want to have a, a small sample of what they do, it's all on there on YouTube for free. And then awesome. there's a Demand progress bit. Awesome. So yeah. Awesome. So going back to the original question, uh, I'm sure we'll probably sidestep a few bits. Yeah, 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 yeah. As we go, but that's just how things happen when we talk. Um, so progress work for them. 
I've worked for a company called Future Pro Wrestling, FPW. Um, worked with them recently. I've worked with XWA. Um, I've worked with... Uh, oh, sorry, South Coast. God, that's my next booking. <laughs> South Coast Wrestling in um, down down south in Bournemouth. Um, and I've also worked with Phoenix Wrestling, which is not many people have heard of them because they do a lot of um, camp camp shows and things like you know you get wrestling at like okay. fairgrounds and um, yeah, like you know like kind of fun fair kind of stuff. It's probably not the best yeah. kind of. Carnivals? You call them carnivals over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got carnivals. Yeah. We don't usually yeah. have wrestling, but there are some like um in the deep north, uh, the southeast, where they still have wrestling at the fairgrounds and stuff like that. Yeah. That yeah, sounds like. Fun. I mean, I know it's probably not like the most glamorous setting, but like it does sound like it would be kind of cool. Like. Man, they're so different... fun. Oh yeah. They're so much <laughs> I fun. Yeah, because I, I, my last show, actually, the one did for FPW was actually at a carnival, and um, kind of having to wrestle wrestling outside is fun anyway. But luckily, the weather was good. Um. The crowd are really into it because the thing with, that I found wrestling so far is young crowd are so they're, they're like hearty in your hands, man. They they do whatever you want them to do. They they cheer for what they're supposed to cheer. They clap when they're supposed to clap. You know, they, and they love it. And you don't have to do much with them either. You know, gosh, there's no I don't have to do like dives and flippy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not my style anyway. No. But then um, then after after the shows, they all want to take pictures with you and have autographs, which is really weird because. For me, anyway, I'm I'm very very new to this, as as you know, and I guess you, you guys might not know, but I've only been um, I've, I started training, and we're in we're in July now, as as we speak. Yeah. I started training in October last year, so I've been training nine months. Um, I made my wrestling debut in March this year, so I've been wrestling four months. So I'm still way way within my rookie year as a wrestler. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's kind of it's crazy. But yeah, those are those are the guys I've, I have worked for. Um, you know, if anyone else is listening and wants, wants to book me, just um, saying, oh, fight. we're gonna give out your info, but for yeah, sure, for sure. <laughs> just take you know, take take my Twitter handle and we can sort something out. My email address is on there, and so if you want to contact me and book me, but you know, uh, yeah. So that's that's the answer to your question, a long-winded answer. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you started in October. I know prior to uh, getting into wrestling, did you uh, play some some American style some football back in the day? I did play a bit, a bit of a uh, football as you guys called over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's like the level of of, the, of football in in this, I guess college football because I played it in university. It's completely different. It's so like, God, I don't even know. The, well, how did the that term come about? Did they just see you and you'd be like, hey, you're a big motherfucker? Well, play football. Uh, like, what? How did that? How does that happen <laughs> over there? At the at university or college, as you call it, they have like um, this this thing. Where they have um, like societies and clubs. One day okay. you just, they just okay. it was like a society's fair. And I was walking around. In fact, the first thing that, that took, took my eye when I started university was mixed martial arts. Um, I was watching. I went around the head, and they would have like videos and all this sort of shit and stuff to kind of draw you in. I was like, oh fuck, that looks cool. Yeah. I wanted to, like, <laughs> I want to, to do that. And this is me, like eighteen-year-old me, like sweet, sweet, innocent eighteen-year-old me. And I'm like, oh yeah, I want to do some mixed martial arts. Did that? Went to a few sessions. I was pretty good at it because I watch wrestling, so I know how to, you know, legit grapple people. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I have an idea of how to legit grapple people and take people down and stuff. 
And then they were kind of like, yeah, so next week we're going to go into striking. I was like, oh, my, no, no, I'm not doing that. People are going to fucking hit me? (laughs) I was like, this nose? No way, man. I've got got three years of uni. I've got to stay pretty, man. Like, no, fuck this. So um, so I stopped that. Then anyway, I started like lifting, lifting, working out and stuff, got into powerlifting. And then the the fair, a few years later, I was just, talking to one of the guys at the football saying he goes oh man you're like big guy you you do really well at American football and kind of and, and you know this my dad lives in America so I yeah. kind of follow American familiar football familiar with it yeah or, or football I can't I need to stop calling it American football but follow the NFL and stuff um, for my sins I'm a Houston Texans fan but uh, yeah so I kind of got into it for there and I was expecting it to be like really like big time you know like everyone's like an athlete and all this sort of stuff and I got there and like the um, the O-line which was a bunch of fat guys the D-line was like like skinny fat guys and like kind of and the linebackers were skinnier fat guys and it's kind of like jeez man none of you like want to go and work out and get good at yeah. <laughs> the sport you're playing there's like me and the, um, the captain the linebacker um, the only guys who really hit the gym at all and but he was like really good level at, at football. He kind of he'd been scouted by um, NFL Europe and all that sort of stuff. So he was. I thought I saw. Didn't I? Did I see a picture of you doing some NFL Europe action, or was that am I imagining things? I think that's just match practice from me doing. So pictures from me just doing matches. I think from from game day. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I one year I got asked to go to try out, but I was like, no, I'm. No way, man. But there's, 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 <laughs> yeah. there's like people that are like tons, tons better than me that are that sport. Yeah. I don't want to go up. If I'm, if I'm going to go for something like that, I want to make sure I do justice, you know? Yeah. I, 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 wrestling, I really. <laughs> um, so uh, part of that, your your success at that level in football, as you mentioned, um, listeners don't know, you're actually a super legit high up there power lifter as well. Um, yeah. A bit of a uh, European Biggie Langston, shall we say. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, like a like a European, a lot smaller, yeah. a lot better looking, Biggie Langston. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, pretty totally. much. Um, so <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. Uh, what were your where your numbers? Where you ranked? Um, just some about that experience too. Um, well, uh, the, the numbers game is probably a bit difficult because I've hit good numbers at a heavier body weight. Um, I now, despite my build weight, I only weigh what am I two fifteen. 15 pounds wow. so um, I guess I've, I've I've won quite a few competitions in the 220 pound class or the 100 kilos class that you call that over there um, I've got current British record deadlift in the 90 kilo class um, I won the European championships in the deadlift in 2013 came fourth in the world championships in 2012 so I've done respectable in the sport. I've got, oh, yeah, I'd say more than that. <laughs> I got like quite a few medals and and trophies and stuff that are like kind of cluttering up my flat. But you know, um, I've done I've done all right. I mean, my best numbers, I've, which which actually aren't much for me, but considering my my body weight, it's actually pretty decent. And my best squat's two hundred and fifty kilos. So I'm gonna have to try and work this out into pounds now because. Uh, <laughs> 
And, and you know, excuse me while I reach for my calculator before I can work this out. It's, uh, so, 250 pounds, sorry, kilograms into pounds. It's 550. It's not nothing right. huge. You oh, know. yeah, yeah. Just, just 550. I mean, shit. Yeah, I'm but. I'm doing that right now while we're recording this, actually. I'm just sitting underneath <laughs> 550. No big deal. Yeah, yeah it's no big deal. Um, big my best man. deadlift is like 630. That's in pounds. I worked that out straight away. Uh, so, um, might be bigger than that. 685, sorry. Uh, yeah, 685. Um, and that kind of led me, actually led me into wrestling, the powerlifting. Yeah, I was about uh, to ask. Um, so, how did that, so how did you convert from, okay, I've done a little football. I've done a little, um, oh, well, one last thing. I know everyone's like, oh, God damn it, he remembered something else. You um, yeah. <laughs> you said you, d you did some acting classes back in the day as well, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, man. Um. One of the things, you know, when um, when you when you're a kid, and uh, your your mum wants you to do something that's not sitting on your ass watching TV, yeah, or playing video games, you know, they want to do something where you go out and socialise and meet new people, and okay, and acting is actually a really good thing to get into anyway when you're, when you're a kid to develop your um, confidence and and social skills and creativity and that sort of thing. So, my mum got me into acting classes when I was a kid. Um, I just did that every Saturday morning. I did a bit of acting and stuff at school as well. So, um, so yeah, good, good. I'm glad you mentioned that because I probably would have forgotten it, to be fair. But it's one of the things that, that's probably given me a little bit of advantage in wrestling. Because it makes you feel comfortable in front of people or yeah, comfortable yeah, sliding into yeah. a character it's like comfortable, setting. Comfortable performing in front of a crowd, comfortable, well, you know, acting. Because you strip, strip out the everything about wrestling, it's... It's pantomime. It's entertainment. It's yeah, like yeah. kind of, you know, um, at its base level, you go. If you're working in a family show, it is pantomime. And I mean, how I would guess. Know? I mean, how much of it? Seventy percent, eighty percent. From what I've heard and just what I've noticed from the really good performers, it's really just about being, being comfortable, being comfortable, yeah, yeah, being it's, in that. It's all about being comfortable and, and confident in what you're doing and what you're going out there to be. Yeah, because if you're not comfortable and confident in what you're doing, it shows straight away. Yeah, straight away, man. Like the the best matches that I see on a on a week weekly basis when I go training and stuff, and when I watch shows, is you watch a match and you think, oh man, they look like they have fun. Yeah. And then and and when when you see that, you know that they they kind of and not fun as in like they they laugh cracking up laughing during yeah, the match. Yeah, yeah. You know that they. Like they're really into what they're doing and like, kind of, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're really, really trying, like putting out like a good show, and that's that's kind of the best kind of that's the best performance for a, for a play or like if you go and go to see yeah the theater or something. If the guys out there are having fun, it, yeah. it resonates and it kind of you feel it a lot more. So it's it's all about your comfort level really. So that that's kind of one thing that kind of put me in a good position for for wrestling as well because. I see a lot of guys in training who do, who, who are very gifted athletically, and they know they know what they're doing in, in terms of wrestling and putting off moves and, and well, like selling and all that sort of stuff. When it comes to like really feeling it, it's like something's missing. Yeah. And I think yeah, it's like yeah. it's like comfort and and being able to act, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. So how did um, so how did we go? How did we go from from the powerlifting, the big time competition, towards actually achieving? Because you were, uh, um, for everybody out there, you know, thinking about this themselves, you were, you know, shall I say, one of us. I mean, you were mm. a big fan, 
the first time we actually met each other, we did a little bit of a little bit of grilling and a little bit of tailgating for a couple of hours at a yeah, that was a good 29. play as well. <laughs> that was a real good play, man. And, um, and that was back when you know you were just you were just a you were just a fan, uh, same yep. as us. And um, then you moved from the powerlifting to the wrestling. So, what yep. was the process in uh, deciding you were going to go for it, and what was that like? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I still am a fan. For the record, I still am a fan. I always will be a fan of wrestling. Um, doing it, doing it on the other side, being becoming a wrestler is not taking out any sort of love for wrestling that I've had. It's it's always something I love and always will love. Uh, I'll probably get kind of ribbed by the boys if any of them ever hear this from for me saying you know I am a fan because <laughs> you know there's the whole them versus us mentality. But I am a fan. And I always will be. So um, that's that. That's that thing. Um, I've always wanted to to give it a go, but I, I, the thing that always held me back was I don't want to go into wrestling and try and think, realize, oh, I absolutely hate this. Yeah, yeah. And then, or try and I'm like, well, I'm really, really bad. Yeah. And and then you know, go back to and there's nothing wrong with going back to being a fan because I'm I, I still am a fan, but going back to a fan, being a fan and you know watching guys who I've trained with, for example live out their dream and be wrestling without having back to being a fan. Yeah. But um and I've actually wanted to do to train in wrestling for years. Like when I decided to play American football it was either that or wrestling. Okay. It was 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 the the decision I had to make. And I chose chose American football because um I wanted to it was more sociable basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Um but one 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 Day, uh, I had a powerlifting competition last year, um, English Open Championships in 2014. I injured my knee under a squat. Um, basically, I didn't wrap my knees up tight enough, and, yeah. and I, I did some damage to my knee. Uh, and from that day, even though I won, still, still won the competition, um, I decided, you know, I need to, take, to kind of take a back seat with this powerlifting. And then I was kind of going to the gym, just kind of cruising. Yeah. I was in like cruise mode in the gym. I was kind of like, I'm not training for anything. I'm just doing this because I don't want to get fat. Yeah. And, uh, and then I just kind of thought, I need to do something with this, man. I have like, I'm still, I guess, in my own opinion, relatively athletic. So I need to do something. But I don't want to get injured again. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing I thought. And then um, I was at a show, a progress show, a progress World Cup show, in fact. Where, as we mentioned earlier, where Fergal Devitt, Finn Balor made his, his last UK appearance. Um, I was at that show and I was talking to one of the guys who was on the card, a guy called Ali Armstrong, who, um, just for, for guys who, who won't know him, he, he tra he's a trainee at, at, the, at the wrestling school at Progress. And I was just talking to him, just generally, just chit-chatting. He said to me, oh man, you're in like really good shape. Like You're a really big guy, you should come and try wrestling one day. I was kind of like, ah, well, I'm not, I'm not a big guy because you know you see the guys on TV and they're huge, yeah. like. So just as a visual for you guys, I'm like, you know, just touching six foot tall, uh, two hundred and float between two fifteen, two twenty pounds. That's that's not big, like you know, yeah. that's, that's 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 not a big guy. Uh, so that's where I, my head was always at with that. And then um, I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. Um, and then a few months later, one day I just got up, packed my bag, drove to where Progress Wrestling School is, which coincidentally is only a 25-minute drive from my house. Um, 
drove there, started training, and then that's it. That's it. Never looked back. I just kept going every weekend. And then from there, Daryl Allen, who's the head trainer there, after like I think three weeks, I want to say, invited me down to come to the advanced sessions. Which thinking, if I think back to that now, that's completely utterly bizarre. Like, yeah, that's fast, man. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely, yeah, utterly bizarre. And I was like going to the advanced sessions and doing stuff with them. And then kind of after the first session, Daryl said, oh, this is Rory. Oh, by the way, Rory's only been training for four weeks. And they're like, what? Like, couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. So that's how I got into it. Um, I just like from, from encouragement. And I think that's all I needed. Yeah, yeah. From someone who who, who does it, who, who, who does saw it, yeah. potential in me to so say, man, that go person and do it. So saw that potential in you, it took yeah. you a few weeks, so what? You, you just kept on weighing on your mind, like you know what? I I should just go fucking do this. No, but you know it's like the only way I can I can describe this. Say you need to get something done to your car. Yeah. And you need some work done to your car, but you're like your car's driving fine, but you need to get work done to it. Mm-hmm. And you think I don't need to do that this week. I'll leave that to next week. I don't need to do that this week. I'll leave it to next. Yeah. And that, I just kept pushing it, pushing it away. And then there's one day I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go. I've got nothing better to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my car drove and it's, it's become a very important staple of my my weekends and my life so yeah. yeah okay so what was um what was the uh what was the training like you know first first three weeks of your training like what what was that what was that transition like the uh, oh man well the, the first week the first session was killer Horrible. Like, that's that's what I hear. Even in the like the WWE tryouts, like when they bring in indie guys, like that first day is just to fucking try to break you to see if you'll yeah. come back. And, that's, uh, yeah, and was that, it like that? that was exactly the same thing okay. with me because um, we had conditioning. It was all con- basically the beginner session was is largely conditioning and, and taking bumps. And looking back at it now, it's hell. Thinking about that, just that one session, it's like gives me like chills because <laughs> it was like. We're doing like a shit ton of conditioning. Yeah. And this is coming from a guy, as, as you know, who's in the power, into powerlifting. And yeah. Outside of the powerlifting, I might sit on an exercise bike for half an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's my cardio, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like next level, like like tons of like of like body weight squats, tons of push-ups, yep. sit-ups, all different kinds of variations of sit-ups, um, doing stuff in the ring. Like you know, leg raises and oh, knee raises and like just hundreds and of, of of these horrible exercises and it was really <laughs> really just kind of it's, as you say to to weed out the guys who, yeah. who aren't cut out for it and to, to to break people down basically and then we do like then it was in, onto bumping drills um, learning how to bump is obviously essential uh, taking a back bump front bump or you know um, flip bump. And, and and doing all those and then and then from doing that we went into just going into the ring taking a clothesline giving a clothesline doing that all day and after the first session I was I was beat up man like I, I came home from the session sat down on, on my sofa and didn't get up yeah. and I was in pain for a week like going to the gym was, was really tough that week because normally I would just rest have a rest day but I couldn't because it was just I was in pain for a whole week, and I was, and I got back round to the next week. Did a bunch of people quit? Was the group smaller the second time? Yeah, the group. Yeah, the group. The group got smaller. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the group got smaller, and it, and it kind of or 
Well, the way the way it was structured was it, it was it was open for beginners class, so anyone could turn up. And if it was your first time, you'd learn things. If there wasn't anyone who'd been for the first time, then they do slight, you know, they do bump draws or something. They do something. Okay. It, it would be tailored towards whoever's there. But the, that that particular class dwindled down, and people stopped coming um, when it got too hard, basically. And I mean, I struggled big time, and I emailed yeah. Daryl in. Like a couple of days after my first session to say look man like what can I do to get myself up to scratch on the conditioning side of things because I'm not used to doing any of this like this is this is real tough like and um, he just said to me look you can do conditioning stuff in wherever like the world is your gym you know like if you're watching, a, watching someone on TV you could do squats while doing the commercial break yeah like constant squats until the, until the program's back on and then you know that's and that's just yeah. small ways of building it up and um, I just started tagging like adding conditioning sessions to the end of my lifting do things like a card workout for example or like but I mean those kill themselves but just adding things in and just doing that and then as time comes got on I got the conditioning got better and I don't know if it's if I got better at conditioning or the sessions just became easier because Less, yeah because you because had the been guys there for who, long enough yeah yeah because the guys because I've been there long enough and the guys who had stuck it out Daryl has decided to be easier on because they they stuck it out they've proven they got the heart to, to stay in, in it so. so now we can teach you yeah so now yeah. we can teach you wrestling yeah 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 exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah okay and thinking back to it now those sessions I was taking hundreds of bumps yeah like hundreds and I mean I just got back from training now and we did match practice and I think I've over the space of three hours, might take taken four bumps. You know? <laughs> well, that's what they. That's another thing I've heard on a lot of the uh, old timers podcasts. Is they say if you're getting trained, and if your trainer puts you into a ring without having you take at least 500 to 1,000 bumps first, they are not taking care of you because it's not yep. safe. Yep. Yep. So. Yep, that's 100 percent fair. I agree with that as well. Okay, so you you went up to advanced class. How long are we talking there? And then um. How long before it was time? It was time to to go live. You were on a pretty fast track. I mean, four months is pretty fucking quick, man. God dang. Yeah, it was it was fast, man. Real real fast. Like um, and I only say that now looking back, thinking how fast it is because um, obviously I've seen other guys come in. Yeah. And uh, nowhere and to no no disrespect to some guys I've trained with and I've seen come in in the time I've been there, but then they in the time that I've been. There and they've been there. They haven't made. They're not ready. Yeah, they're not I'll ready. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. And I don't know how I got ready so quickly. I still yeah. don't think. I don't think I'm as good as, as other people do. But you know, that's just me. That's yeah. how I am. But um, as I mentioned, within God, this actually sounds crazy thinking about it now. So within like three, four weeks, I was moved on to the advanced. I was still going to the beginner session, obviously, to, to brush up on the fundamentals yeah. and stuff. But I was going to. I was training with the advanced guys, guys who. Um, wrestle shows who get who get booked uh, in for progress and for other promotions so all around the country training with those guys which is kind of weird so I did that for a few weeks and then and I remember this very vividly after six weeks of training I was doing match practice and that's that's just crazy as is because you know I yeah. hadn't done learned many moves at that time I've, yeah. that's like six weeks. weeks and we're talking just yeah. on the weekends too right or is it every day? Well, it's it's like so so the beginners sessions on on a weekend there's a Saturday and a Thursday, um, and then there's there's actually there's something something going on every day. But because of my my lifting schedule, I can only train Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Okay. So when I say that I've, I've been training for six weeks, that probably equates to about fifteen sessions. 
which still still that's fucking that's nothing because yeah. if you think about like you know a good half of those are beginner sessions so yeah. you weren't <laughs> even doing really wrestling you're just yeah yeah and I remember I had a, I had a training match a match in training and then um kind of get feedback afterwards and blah 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 and, and then and Daryl again goes to um no sorry one of the girls who was watching the match asked me how long I've been training I said six weeks and she didn't believe me and she asked me again she said no how long have you been training I said six weeks and um and kind of she asked Daryl and Daryl's like yeah he's been training six weeks which is a bit crazy as I, as I recall this story now because six weeks is like the course they do courses now at my training school a 10 week in intensive course to yeah. get from beginner to well to, to a good beginner you know yeah. that's... and now you're doing match practice in six weeks I do want yeah. to throw this in this is going to pop the listeners because um, you told me this didn't you not say that that um, having been a fan for so long it probably mm. helped you um kind of get things down there to really easy really really early anyways really quick yes 100% because I spend so much of my time watching wrestling that without knowing I'm picking stuff up I'm picking stuff up yeah 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 um like I like I, I watch I watch I watch Raw on a I say on a Tuesday because I have to wait <laughs> until yeah. I wake up <laughs> being in the UK wait, wait till I wake up and watch it at, at work I, I watch so I watch Raw I don't watch SmackDown as much as I used to, but I still do. Uh, NXT, and I, I, I go back and watch old stuff. I watch hours of wrestling. In fact, yep. um, my lunch breaks at work. I do have to work a desk job as well as uh, like I don't. For now. <laughs> yeah, for now, for now. Um, my my lunch breaks, I'm always watching wrestling. And and well, and, it, what's crazy is people don't, and it has to do with I think being an athlete and being what yeah. it depends on what kind of a learner you are. And this yeah. is probably going to be a fucking ridiculous uh, comparison but mm. um, once upon a time you know me and some buddies who were hardcore wrestling fans we watch wrestling all the time we would do mm. some some backyard stuff and when you would when you would hold on hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Look, you're gonna see yeah. the example I'm, I'm not saying that's a good way to train what I'm saying yeah. is you pick up stuff without knowing you're picking up stuff when yeah. we would scoop slam each other you would tuck the back of the guys the back of their head Right, so and without even thinking chest. about it because and you've seen it. It's because I've seen Ricky the Dragon yeah. Steamboat and Macho Man Randy Savage do that a thousand times. That's just yep. what it looks like. I didn't know that I was protecting his head from breaking his yep. neck. I just knew that's what I was supposed to do. <laughs> yep. So that's um, that's the kind of stuff that's probably pretty similar. Yeah, 100%, man. Yep. And it's like knowing where to be at certain times and stuff. It's all from yeah. watching. I all got that from, from watching wrestling. And one thing that I've started doing recently, which has helped so much, is watching wrestling matches with the sound off, mm, okay. because as, as someone who's, who's who's studying a match, if you're if you've got the sounds in your ear, it's going to distract you. And if you if you watch something with the sound on and it gives you get you pop for it, you're popping for you're not you're then you're, you're then you're watching as a as like a fan, you're not really yeah, studying. Yeah, you're not watching, huh? studying as a yeah. Yeah, so I I've, I've started watching matches with the sound off. Um, but things like you know establishing who's a face and who's a heel because you can tell that easier with the sound on. But with the sound off, you're just like kind of looking at how people walk and mm-hmm. and the things they do in the ring and you know the, the heel taking time to, to to kind of 
get in the audience's yeah, faces. Take, take, his, uh, take his time to let somebody get yeah. their hands on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's the whole dramatic side of, 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 of things without any sound. It's really important. Okay, okay. Um, and so, with that, that was going to be uh, one of my questions was, since you... Um, how shall I say this? Since you've crossed over to where like you kind of know what the fuck you're looking at, um, yeah. Who who sticks out to you now that didn't stick out before? You're like that guy's actually really really good. Ah, such a hard question, man. <laughs> okay, right. I'll say this actually right now because this is a, a, something that I've I've kind of thought along the way of being a wrestling fan, and now I've I've seen it. As, as someone who, who wrestles and as a, as a training wrestler as well, and it's confirmed my, my, my opinion, is John Cena is is the shit, man. John oh, yeah, Cena yeah, is... Yeah, right. John Cena is... Oh, I don't even want to say this, because this loses all credibility with, with some sort of, some crowd of people, but John Cena is one of the best in the world. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've been said that, but explain it from your from your perspective to all those and people he's one out of the there. Best this is he's, perfect, he, actually. Because what are they going to do? Tell you you're fucking wrong? You're a fucking wrestler. Yeah. Tell me why well, John some Cena people, is some so people damn good. Will, John Cena is so damn good, man. And like, the only thing I say negative about John Cena is sometimes he he calls stuff in the ring too loud. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've talked yeah. about that on a couple. Of that's podcasts. that's it. What, John, what, what about him? What what things nuances like things that we wouldn't see that you see? What what about him that he does that's really good? Um, and another thing people disagree with is how he, he puts people over, man. Like, I don't care what people say. Like, oh, John Cena squashes everyone. No, he doesn't, man. He puts them over. He works their style of match as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, re- the recent stuff, like Kevin Owens from as Kevin Steen, indie guy working in indie, indie style kind of match. Moves, moves, moves. That's the kind, that's the match Cena um, worked with him, and it made Owens look like a million bucks. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that makes sense actually, because you'll see Cena, and you'll think of all the great matches he's had with different guys of different styles. When he had those badass matches with a Umaga back in the yep. day, and the matches he's had with Triple H, and um, now he's having these fast-paced move fests with with a yep. with a Kevin Owens. So yep. um, much like people used to say about say Flair or any yep. of those guys, he can work with anybody, and he can work their style and yep. make it come out badass. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Straight from a professional's mouth. Um, we were talking about it a little bit off air. You said that you were not though that much of a fan of the of the Kevin Owens match, John Cena Kevin Owens match that everybody loved. Yep. And then uh, that's a, that's a recent match that I I've had I've argued with people about. Everyone loved it and I hated it. First okay. One. Tell us tell us why why why. So, and the funny thing is, I said I said this the day after the match. Um, the match had too many moves. Yep. Um, a lot, a lot of the moves didn't make sense in kind of a match psychology kind of way. And I'm, and as I say this, I am, I am nobody to be criticizing John Cena or Kevin Owens. Yeah, so yeah, we all understand. You know, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> I, I have no right to criticize anyone who's been in wrestling for for 15 plus years. So that's, I just want to say that off the off the bat. But um, so Kevin Owens. His gimmick is he's a prize fighter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he fights for, for money and for titles, and that's it. They started bringing into a bit of a human element to it, to it with him fighting for his family. Yeah. To provide for his family, but strip it down to base level, he's a prize fighter. Mm-hmm. And to me, a prize fighter as a heel, as a heel wrestler, should be doing punches, kicks, um, throws, suplexes, and his finisher. 
that okay. that should be his moveset. Like he should, his moveset should be punch, kick, and really like slow, methodical, like big punch, like okay. big punch. The guy bumps it, like you know, big kick. The guy bumps it. You know, he doesn't need to do much because he's a fighter. You know. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Um, like he he get, he he catches someone, he gives them a base base suplex, that kind of thing. Like like just legit tough guy fucks people up. Yeah. And kind of his finisher, pop up power bomb. That's all he needs. That's all he needs to do. The rest yeah. of the time, he can be a badass. He can he can talk shit. He does know. that very well. I like to talk. Yeah, he I does like that very well. I love well. the shit he, talking. He, That's awesome. Yeah, he does that very well. The match he had with Cena, he was doing sent on bombs, like yeah. you know, you know, big big flippy moves that someone for his size probably shouldn't do. And it's it's great that he's able to do them, but he should as a heel, he shouldn't do them. Like. Yeah. Uh, doing the the package power bomb, mm-hmm. uh, you know everyone watching that match, you would have watched from the bottom, probably would have like popped big time, seen him go for a package something. Yeah, yeah. But you know, why do a move that's the same as your finisher? Yeah. If if the package package power bomb can't, uh, can't put away John Cena, why should pop the power bomb? Power bomb? Yeah. Um, you know the fact and the fact the finish came from, and I I'm quite bad at remembering finishes of matches because I've seen so many but finish came from it's pretty much out of nowhere right uh, a little bit uh, you know their their usual WWE style uh, flip flop yeah. and fly fucking pop up out of nowhere kind of kind yeah, of yeah, a I series think... of reversals back and forth yeah. fast action then he busted well, I remember, out John Cena was complete, in complete control yeah took a pop up power bomb that was it and earlier in the match he gave Cena a pop up power bomb so I just thought well if the first one didn't finish him why was the second one yeah, Cena was Cena was on top from the second after when he before he hit the second one. So why why would the second one put him away? You know. Yeah. Uh, and um, I said this to a few people, and they're like, "Oh no, man! This 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 match was like match of the year. This match was so good, blah blah blah." And I was like, "All right, cool. No, I, that's your opinion. You liked the match. I I didn't like it, and that's the reason why I didn't like it because it sounds like a very uh, a very you're, you're you're actually you sound a lot like um what Jim Ross said about it." That was my next point thing. because, yeah. because yeah. You a sound few days later, right Jim Ross yeah. said the exact same thing on his podcast. Yeah, People yeah. like, oh yeah. So Jim Ross said exactly what you said about the match. I was like, well, no one's going to tell Jim Ross. Rossi doesn't know what he's talking about, are they? Yeah. So you know, fuck you all. Yeah. But, but that just goes to my point. Like Hills, Hills shouldn't be doing cool shit. Okay. Like, Hills should be getting. They should be getting reactions because they should be hated. Yeah. The, the heel's job is to put the is to make the face light. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, you know? I get you. They shouldn't be doing stuff that's cooler than the, cooler than the, the face. So, did you do you how do you what's your opinion on because my opinion has been that I feel like not not as a general thing, but there are certain cases where we should allow a couple of people to be in the middle, like Owens and uh, Barrett before he got hurt. Yeah. were heels but they were super they were super over on the face side yeah. um do you think it should be a pretty much all old school just bad guys against good guys or do we got room for a couple of a couple of I, I think a lot of old school stuff should come back myself yeah um and I'm trying to bring that back in, in my move set um cause I'm moving towards using a, a well, I'll say it now. It's not, it's not going to be a surprise to some people, maybe if, if they're watching the wrestle. But I'm moving towards using a full Nelson as my finish. All right. Okay. And so, like, there's there's only so many so many ways you can go with finishes now because 
everyone's doing variations of moves with like a you know some sort of you know like, like Cena for example does the springboard stunner and and Austin hated it because well, it's not a finish. Well, it's not a finish, and it looks like shit half the yeah. time. Yeah, like <laughs> How if, much if cooperation Cena... does that fucking require for that to happen? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, that, that move is like looks way more devastating than the than the attitude adjustment. So why doesn't he use that as a finish now instead of the attitude adjustment? Yeah, yeah. You no, know? um, and as I think Austin, it must have been Austin and Heyman, maybe. We're talking about if, if the headlock, yeah, headlock, yeah, the headlock could could legit be a finisher. I mean, I, I'd love to use a headlock as a finisher because it worked well in my gimmick. But as they said, everyone else, everyone else needs to stop using the headlock. Yeah. To from for someone else to be able to build it up as a credible move. And well, just, I'm quite... this is what um me and KB we've debated a little bit because he's talking about the DDT. And then yeah, um, we had how, we that in training the other day actually. And they said, and they said, he said, you know, that'll never come back. Da 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 da. And I said, well, yeah, it can. You just yeah, it can. People need to stop doing it because yep. you know what the exact the perfect example is the fucking pile driver. Yeah. Nobody does it because it is legitimately dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Yep. And then CM Punk broke broke it out during that match a couple of summers yep. ago, and everybody shit their fucking pants. And you haven't seen yep. it since. And people would shit their pants again if somebody did it now. And that's yep. um, it's a perfect example of if you can make a move, whatever you want to make it, as long as people quit ass fucking it all over the place. Yep. And and you and you mentioned the DDT. Um, we had this conversation in training on Friday. In fact, Friday just gone. One of the guys I was training with, a guy called um, Mickey Pearson. Um, he decided that he wanted to use a DDT as his finish, and it's quite easy within progress to control that because on the trainee shows, yeah, if yeah, someone yeah. wants to use something as their finish, no one else is going to use yeah, it yeah, in yeah. the match. Like you know, um, no one's going to use a DDT now as as a, as a move now because if he wants to use that as his finish, that's that's his move. Yeah. You know, and I'm quite lucky with with the full Nelson in and in, in the in the whole of Britain, no one uses it. Like, no one uses it because it's, as as a as a rest hold, it's too big a move as a rest hold. Yeah. As a as a finisher, it's not cool enough. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's yeah, not. I it's, will. Uh, and uh, you know, far far be it from me to make a suggestion to you, but if you're yeah. going to get somebody smaller than you, like shorter, pick that yeah. motherfucker up and swing him around yeah. a little bit. That would be yeah, the exactly. shit. That would yeah. be awesome. That yeah. would be fucking cool, man. And that's uh, like it's old school, you know. It's yeah. And it's a legit move. If I legit, it's legit had something, though. Go put somebody in a fucking full Nelson yeah. and really squeeze them and see how long they stay awake. It's yeah, totally and I, legit. And, and my grip strength is ridiculous, so yeah, they're not getting, they're not getting out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, that's that's kind of my thought on on move sets and stuff. And um, yeah, so certain moves need to be legitimized and put back as as finishes. Speaking of your uh, your uh, progression and and changing things up, uh, tell us about. Tell us about your character, uh, Body Guy Johnson, and what your what your first match was like. What was the experience of your first match, and where did you come up with your character and how you were going to go about things? Well, Body Guy Roy Johnson actually existed way before I started wrestling training. Um, okay. It's kind of a, a like I've been called a Body Guy anyway because I go to the gym a lot. I do, yeah. you know, I, I care about certain things that people people don't usually care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like people from work, like, oh, let's go, let's go to the pub after work and sink a few beers. I'm like, no, nah, man, I got to go gym and, you know, I need to train or I need to be fresh to train in the morning and that sort of thing. And so it's kind of like, I, it became a nickname from from friends. Okay. Um, Roy, the Roy Johnson thing is just a, a name. You okay. Know? Yeah. 
doesn't doesn't mean anything really. Um, but the, the character itself was just a guy who who's a gym guy, and when I first thought of it, I'd, I'd spoke to a few of the guys I trained with, and they helped me develop it like so much. Yeah. If, if, if it said as how I wanted it to be when I first started, it would have been a guy who comes to the, comes to the ring in like a stringer vest and and like short shorts and wears gym gloves. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it would have been that that ridiculous. But now it's because of the fact that legitimately I am a champion powerlifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's where I decided to come from from that angle, where, as a as a powerlifter, as a backstory, not not yeah. a, so much as a gimmick, but as speaking a backstory. Of, speaking of which, with the backstory and your gimmick, um, when you make this change coming up here, have you ever thought about freaking bringing your fucking trophies to the ring with you? Yep. How, do, how dope would that be? That's it. <laughs> well, and set that fucker down and look at it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So, so, like my my first match, um, it was a, a six man scramble match. Yeah. so hard as a first yeah, match yeah the first match Dude, god damn yeah. first match because there's so many variables you've got to think about like without, without kind of breaking kayfabe too much but you've got to know where you got to know where you got to be at certain times of the match and mm-hmm. your I guess your cue to, to go into your, your spots and stuff it's really hard like um, and in the, go, in the weeks coming up to it I was, I was so nervous man like really nervous um, just because I didn't want to I didn't want to botch anything or forget a spot. Yeah, that, that's yeah. as far as as far as caught. What's the day? And I was fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, got out there. And I, I've watched my first match back so many times now. Uh, but but I got out there. Um, did did what I need to do. I just I just just had to try and remember that that I'm in a, a story. Yeah. You know. I'm not I'm not just reciting moves that I've learned in training. I'm in I'm in a story that you know. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's well, it's, it's, it's main. I guess a story that's been created for me, and and that I take it wherever I wherever I go with it. But I, I'm in a story, so I need to act like I'm in a story. Okay, so like if someone like hit, hits me mm-hmm. in the story, I'm pissed off, and I'm gonna hit him back. I'm gonna hit him back harder because I'm a big guy, I'm a big strong guy. I can hit him back harder, hit you know. Me, motherfucker, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got exactly. You, got you. And if so, if someone hits me. Or two people hit me, and like this is, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I, it's, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be pissed off. I'm gonna fight back. And if someone does something to me that I don't like, I'm gonna be pissed off. If I do something that I like, I'm gonna be happy. Mm-hmm. If um, if I want the crowd to get behind me so I can do something bigger, I'll get the crowd behind me. It's kind of that that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it was it was tough, and it went really quickly as well. Um, oh, I bet that shit flies. I know from some yeah. of the experience, some of the things that I've done in the world. Uh... When you yeah. get the big spots, it's, it's so quick, fucking man. an hour will be like a minute. Yeah, yeah, um, so quick. So, uh, and a lot of uh, what we see kind of sucks not as much anymore because I think they're transitioning their developmental program down there at WWE. But for <laughs> a long time, um, that was a lot of the problem with a lot of the new guys that came up through their system is um, everything would be so so color by numbers and so stifled that you wouldn't really get that that read and react sort of action where you know. Mm you get hit and then so you know okay now I'm pissed off that he hit me so I'm going to hit him back it was kind of yeah. like they both went in there and it was like okay I'm going to hit you then you're going to hit me and then we're going to do this and yeah. Like, yeah um so yeah that's and that's what that's the problem with a lot of things I see these days you yeah. know it's like they're just going about what they they plan to do and they're not really engaging the audience or thinking what would happen to Germany and I learned this from um I had a 
training camp thing with um, Nick Dinsmore. I was okay, Eugene. Eugene, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like him fresh out of leaving the developmental center as well. So okay. this was like so invaluable as absolutely, as, yeah, as advice and stuff goes. And he, we do, we did like think about not a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but the stuff we did was so so cool. Like, um, it's kind of if you're in a fight with someone and they beat you up and you're like, all right, like you know, it's kind of like you fucking hurt me, man. I'm gonna fucking hurt you back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's as simple as simple as that, you know. Things like if someone punches you, you punch them back harder because you want to get them down. Same thing you do in a fight, you know. Yeah, that's if actually what I hear on... a lot about the old school guys, um, Harley Race in the old uh, territorial days. Is you know somebody would be like, oh, I want to do this move, I want to do this Canadian destroyer or this flip bomb fucking pile driver, and they'd look at him and say, kid, would you do that in the middle of a fight? Yeah. And that's where where you pull it from your logic. So in your training and your experience out there. Um, if and if you can't go into this, that's completely cool. We'll move on. <laughs> but um, is that pretty much? Do you guys pretty much go out there with uh, say, this is how we're gonna start and this is how we're gonna end? But in the middle, you're just rocking and rolling. As in terms of in terms of match planning. Yeah, in, yeah. In terms of how think... match planning and and how you're gonna go about things and develop it. So I go go from today. I guess I've, I've did match structure and training today. So. Got paired up with someone. Said you guys are having a match. Go. You got so much. You got say when you do like a short, like five to six minute match. Go. And that's kind of like oh okay. So you just kind of, you kind of you know what the guy you're working with kind of does, or you can you can kind of assume from their, their gimmick or their sizes or whatever. Work out what the finish is going to be, because in training no one's telling you what the finish is going to be, but in a, in a, in a match situation you know what the finish is gonna or who's going over. Okay. And if and if there's any sort of storyline stuff going into it, like You gotta make sure you so, work yeah. Yeah, like if someone's building a feud with someone and you get a DQ finish and they beat the crap out of you afterwards, do you be told that to do that or something like that. Okay. So yeah. So so you know the first thing to for to, to plan for the for a match is your finish. Because once you know what the finish is, you can Build things up towards that finish in what you do for the rest of the match. Um, so yeah, usually we work out the finish at the start, and then the, the rest is actually kind of you can plan it all, but it's, you can also just do that stuff on the fly. Okay. No one. So if, what, if, what would you say your 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 experience your your training is more is more tilted towards? Like they do they want you guys more to just go out there and go as go as it comes, you know, catch as catch can yeah. or yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Because the reason for that is because um, shit always goes wrong. I can tell you yep, from some yep, of my experiences. Goes, too much shit goes wrong, man. <laughs> yeah, for all my experiences, this is a little saying that we got in my line of work. A plan yeah. is just a list of shit that can get fucked up. And yep. so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's good. Hundred percent. Because you can forget something, and that's it. If if one person forgets something, someone else doesn't bring it back round. You're both fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and in addition to that, if you plan too much. You don't know what, what, whether the whether the crowd's gonna be receptive to what you're doing. So if, if you're doing all these really cool spots, mm-hmm. no, and no one in the in the crowd cares, why why would you carry on doing them? Yeah, yeah. You know, if if you do like uh, I don't know, if you do all these cool shit and then call call the hill like I don't know, give them a shit for being bald or something, and the fans really they they pop for that. Yeah. Call them bald again. Do yeah. do do stuff that kind of revolves around you, like rubbing your your 
you know, your, your, your fist on his head to kind of mock the fact that he's got no hair or, you know, whatever. You're there to entertain the crowd, not yourself. Yeah, okay. And, Absolutely. Um, and people aren't there to, to wrestle, to put on a match that a highlight reel so they can go to say elsewhere. It's, at the end of the day, people are paid to come and watch you to entertain them. And if you're not entertaining them, you're not doing your job. You know? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that's that's why it's, it's quite important for us to learn stuff on the fly. And, that's, and our, our trainers kind of like, like encourage us to, to, to do that as much as we can now because it's really important. Um, and if you plan stuff too much in a match, you'll either go over time mm-hmm. or you'll forget stuff. And then, going over time is horrible. Fucked up, yeah. Yeah. What, well, yeah no, what's um? What's what's okay? You say going over time is horrible. What what is uh? Explain that to us for those. So if if you're booked, if you're on a show, the show's three hours long. You've been given ten minutes. If you go over that that time, something's got people. to yeah, something's yeah. got to cut out. Like whether the interval's got to be shorter, or someone else's match has got to be shorter, or something like that. You've got something. Someone else got cut, and that's that's just not on. It's really, really bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And in in the world of WWE, TNA, that kind of stuff, if you go over in your match, that's costing the company potentially thousands and yeah, thousands of yeah, dollars because yeah. you've got um, advertising revenue that's that's basically is the whole reason why you're on, you're doing that show anyway. Yeah. If if say for example on Raw, they got a match and they're going to go to commercial break. If if you have, if you you go over and you're match and they can't go to that commercial break, you've cost them, you know, potentially however many dollars, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and potentially millions because whoever's whoever's kind of, you know, funding that through advertising, they're not going to do that again. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not going to work with you again. Yeah? yeah, yeah. And that that filters up to, and this is this is me kind of dramatizing it up a little bit, but that will filter through to the networks and. People like you know, say if they got a, a, a deal signed, their deal expires with who's, who takes war now? Is it USA still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if USA are expiring, Raw and I don't know, two two rookies have a have a really good match, but they go over. Oh, by the way, we're we're kind of we thought about renewing your contract, but because you know, you I'm guys like, can't get your fucking show straight. Yeah, yeah, because Little Caesars commercial couldn't go live. Yeah. And they were paying us X millions of dollars. You cost us X millions of dollars. We don't really want to renew your show. Yeah. Okay. You no, know, that's that's worst case scenario. But it's really bad going over, like really bad. And um, I've went over in one of my matches, but it's, it's a training show, so that's that's lessons learned. Yeah. Um, and that's because we plan too much. Okay. Yeah. See, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, does it feel like? So then, when you get that much time, uh. It's crazy because it's such a difference between, and I don't want to, I am not being disrespectful in any way, but the difference between, mm-hmm. between um, quote unquote, a real sport and um, wrestling, like mm-hmm. for you, because I did, um, I did grappling, uh, like Olympic style wrestling when I was a kid, and yeah. I played football and stuff, and those minutes feel like fucking hours, like you are out there all fucking day. But yep. on your side, when you're out there putting all this effort into it, you guys are trying to get a crowd engaged. You're fucking yep. having a blast. The shit's going crazy. It's combat. You probably get ten minutes and feel like it's fucking over in a snap. Like, yep. or does it? Well, how does it feel? Does it go? Does it fly by, or does it feel like forever? It flies by, man. It flies by. And um, I had a match recently, a tag match, the, the one that went over by quite a bit. Um, and into the match. I, I took a a hip toss that went wrong. 
uh, a double hip toss, which basically I swiped my head. Oh, um, yeah, could have been really, really dangerous if I didn't, if I wasn't fortunate enough to have quite a lot of neck strength and quite like big, big neck and big traps and stuff. Yeah. Um, that that kind of sent me a little bit, not dizzy, but I was a little bit dazed for 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 about maybe a minute or so. But I still managed to kind of get what I needed to do and do what I needed to do in the match. And like after when I came came round, I was I was feeling like myself again. I remember this quite well. The ref said to me and the guy off wrestling, two minutes. And I thought, oh, we've only been going two minutes. Oh, cool. Shit. Yeah. He meant um, two minutes to to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Like you guys got to. Is it, that's basically essentially like two minutes, to like take 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 it to the finish kind of thing. And um, and I was like, and then when I when I watched the match back, I was like, damn, we were over by a lot. Yeah. And then I realised that two that two minute warning, as, as you guys would call it in America, were was our our signal to finish to to go to our finish and kind of that just highlights how quick it, it all goes because yeah, yeah. you you'll plan this this and this in the match and when you plan it you you won't when, okay, when you I get it so you guys have probably been going yeah you, know, you ten yeah, minutes you, you, already he says two yeah. minutes and you're like oh it's only been two minutes awesome because it yeah. only felt like two minutes yeah yeah because because when you plan a match and you go through the stuff you're going to do in it you're just rushing through it and you're like yeah I'll yeah. do this and I'll do this and da da da, da. and then then you you like beat me up for however many minutes but you won't talk about how they're going to be you're going to be beaten up you just, you just do it don't you you're like oh yeah you beat me up for, for such and such and then I'll do this and I'll do that and you think oh, okay cool That's, that sounds like it's going to fit within a 10 to 12 minute match cool we'll, yeah. we'll do that and then as, as I mentioned my, my example like oh wow we've only gone two minutes wicked we can go and <laughs> do all the do yeah, the rest yeah, of the yeah. shit we need to do <laughs> like we might, hell we might be under this match you know <laughs> Yeah. but no it goes, it goes so quick man it happens. So, I think that happens in a lot of um, passion stuff and and stuff you're really into because uh, because uh, the show the show feels like that a lot. Even recording the show, we'll be we'll be talking and going, and I'll be like, holy shit, it's been a fucking hour and a half. Like holy, you know, what I'm saying, and I'll feel like we just like, oh man, how are we gonna fill this time? Holy shit, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's good stuff. Um, so what's what's it been like? Uh, because you know we hear a lot of stories about like how it is in Japan and stuff like that when you're new. Um, yeah. Coming up, have you been? Has it been a fairly, uh, fairly decent experience, or has there been some some shitty times, some ribs and stuff, or or has it been? Um, I get ribbed all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like it's all it's, it's like light natured, like yeah, it's, like it's, it's, it's all stuff, good yeah. good good spirits. Yeah. Like it's nothing bad. No one's shit in my bag and okay, all that, all that sort of stuff. It's just people like kind of as, as we call it in UK with banter as yeah. between. Um, well, as you would do between friends and stuff so it's never got to the point where I'm like oh man these guys are real assholes I'm not gonna I don't wanna kind of associate myself with them um, some people do think that people would be a bit harsh on other people sometimes but it's like you know what it's all we're all we're all a good bunch and we're all good relatively good friends and stuff so outside of wrestling so it's kind of it's not been hard in that aspect the trainers work as hard because they have to yeah 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 um like I mentioned Jimmy, Jimmy Havoc, who's one of the one of the trainers and probably the the, the guy in terms of British wrestling in terms of being the heel. He's like so ridiculously good as a heel, so so ridiculously over as a heel in this country. Um, and you may have seen some of his stuff um, on the other side. He he had the match with Finn Balor before he got to WWE. Okay. Um, he's so good. But anyway, um, he's really harsh as a trainer. 
um, like he'll he'll shout at you like this is like psychologically harsh you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and if you can't take that you shouldn't probably be in wrestling because yeah. if you're if you're that if you can't take that that's what mental aspect of it you're you're, you're probably too soft to do wrestling to be fair alright so so that, that, I think that's that's probably the only example I can think of they, I mean they kill us with conditioning and all that sort of yeah. stuff but and I've, I've been to sessions where, and I, there's one last week in fact where we had a session that wasn't down as conditioning but we did a, like a fuck ton of conditioning and it was the day where it was where we had where it was 96 degrees as you in, in kind of mm-hmm. in, in your kind of heat in us, in us it was 30 something but yeah in Celsius it was 96 degrees Fahrenheit and we had we had conditioning training. We had to run the ring ropes for three minutes solid, and uh, doing those other stuff. And kind of one guy during that stopped and threw up, carried on going. I've seen guys throw up a train loads of times anyway. Oh but, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> so you said he's one of the best heel workers uh, in the country. Um, yeah. But that transitions us to uh, you said that you. Um, are working on training, changing your character to a heel, and that how yeah. you're trying to learn how to how to make that transition and the things that you need to do differently. Uh, just yeah. for some insight to all of us outsiders, uh, what what kind of stuff are you looking at trying to change, and what stuff are you really trying to pay attention to to uh, transition that character? Um, basically, do as little as possible and get as much heat as from doing that. Okay. So, as chin, in chin locks like a motherfucker, huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Let's give give the people the stuff they don't want to see. As as I, I mentioned with my example with um, Kevin Owens doing too much cool shit as a, as a heel, like uh, the kind of heel I want to be is I want to punch someone and they drop. Yeah, yeah. They get back up. They they go walk around, feed around to another part of the ring. I hit them again. They drop. Mm. And I I want to be like my matches consist of maybe. Like kind of four punches, four punches, four kicks, like okay. a backbreaker, a suplex, like uh, put them in a chin lock for I don't know half a minute, a minute. You know they they fight up, I knock them back down with a clothesline, okay. put them in another one. Okay. That sort of shit and stuff where and the, the gaps within that, I'll fill with talking shit. Absolutely, absolutely. Just, Talking shit and just being a horrible motherfucker. Yeah, that, have... I mean that's that's something I've highlighted on the show that um I really liked about uh this is back before he changed yeah. his style, but um when Dolph Ziggler first came on the scene, I said that's really impressive that you can stay within the framework of a match but talk shit and then yeah. talk um, shit to the fans. Motherfucker used a sleeper hold as a finish, man. That's yeah. that is that is that's what I want to see. Yeah, and yeah. Kevin Owens does it too, where he can be in the middle of a battle and be middle of stuff, but he can turn around and say, this guy's ain't shit. You know, something like that. And, and that's not something that everybody can do. So yeah. that that will definitely, you know, that separates the, the good from the great. And you know what? If I worked that kind of match, I'd enjoy it ten times more than oh, any time. Sure. <laughs> Whenever I've ever thought about, you know, possibly doing <laughs> Doing wrestling, I was like, "Oh, heel would be ten times more fun." Yeah. I'd just be talking shit the whole match. <laughs> yeah, because people would be like, "Oh man, this guy sucks," but I don't suck because the stuff I'm doing is effective. And, it's supposed and to make you say that I keep, suck. Yeah, it's keeping the crowd. Yeah, and you're supposed to say I suck. That's that's what I want. You know, I want to punch someone and they they drop, and people are like, "Oh shit, that that must have been like 
Yeah. That must have really hurt yeah. to knock this guy down and then kind of pick him up and punch him in again when he drops. That kind of stuff. And then the whole time I'm talking shit, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'm 10 times stronger than this guy that I'm wrestling, so of course he's going to fucking drop, you know. Another thing that would be, oh, I'm sure you've already thought about this, but another thing that would be great to see from somebody that you know, who's a champion power lifter and he's so much bigger and stronger than the guy he's wrestling with is, is you know, when you're in those holds, when you're in this stuff, be like fucking bitch to the ref. Like, he's trying to fucking grab my hair, ref. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because people would be like, this guy's so much bigger than him. Why does he have to bitch about the other guy trying to cheat? Like, man, that's why, do, that's why I do the man bun, man. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I grew it, so I could be like, oh, he's grabbing, he's, he's grabbing my hair, but even, you know, that kind of shit. Not even close, fucking uh, putting the feet on the ropes and stuff. You're like, you're so yeah. much stronger than him already. Why do you gotta put your feet on the ropes? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fan-fucking-tastic. So, uh, you said that you enjoyed WrestleMania 30 a lot from, and this is from the perspective oh, man. of somebody who now, uh, you know, kind of knows what they're looking at. Um, what, what, that shot everything. What set WrestleMania 30 above for you? It had it had everything from, and I I actually missed the battle roll bit because I got there late. I actually I went there this year. Yeah. Um, the 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 ladder matches are opener. It had it had spots. It had spots for for people who wanted spot first. So I'm not really into much massive spot first, but it, that was still a really cool match. Like had everything that that those kind of matches wanted. Um, and I'm not going to go through every match on on the card, but um, uh, Rollins, Orton, it had enough in there to to sell the feud that they've been having, the story they've been telling for the last however god for damn months. It had some really cool bits in it, like the the um, the curb stomp into the RKO. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That that was awesome. And the, and the thing that I liked the most about that match is Orton won, but he didn't fuck Rollins up to the point where Rollins couldn't cash in later on that night. Yeah, yeah. And it was always still a possibility, even though it shocked the hell out of everyone, you know. There was always that possibility because he didn't take him out completely. Um, Sting versus Triple H, everyone wanted to see that. Uh, the nostalgia in that match just was so cool, man. To see, yeah, like, yeah. just out. No, no one was expecting DX and no, NWO. Definitely no nobody one. was. Oh, you know what, no one, one you know what part I popped the hardest for? Was fucking yeah. Scott Hall taking that fucking backdrop. That, yeah. And he took yeah. it the exact same way he always took it when he was Razor yeah. Ramon and when he was an yeah. outsider. That little slap on the back when he goes over, just fucking yeah. beautiful, man. That was yeah, awesome. That, yeah, that, that match had everything. That was uh, that was my favorite match on, of the war. Well, that or the main event, I don't know, but that match, the nostalgia, and that no one was expecting the DX music to hit yeah. as it when it did, and then have have DX run down, and then then the NWO music hit, and oh my god, I lost my shit. Like <laughs> it didn't. I mean, it didn't necessarily make sense because no, you know no, Sting and because Sting was the ultimate yeah. fucking yeah. Vi- but the end of the day, opponent of the NWO. It was it was a, it was a remnant of the Attitude Era, Monday Night Wars. Yeah. That's what that's what it was. It was like yeah. kind of. It was Triple H versus the, the WWF guy, Triple H, the, w, the WCW guy, Sting, kind of one-on-one. So it, that whether or not Sting was a, had any sort of allegiance with the NWO, it doesn't matter because yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it was WCW it was like the, the end of that, of the Monday Night Wars, essentially, for me. Yeah. So, and as you said, take a sec, take, seeing Scott Paul take that bump was amazing. And then when Shawn Michaels came in the ring, you're like, oh, fuck. Who's he gonna side with? Yeah. Like, cause his his best buddy Triple H is on one side, his best buddy Kevin Nash is on the other, and then he sided with Triple H, and then yeah, yeah that was so cool. That was something that um, I was talking to about. Lots of people, and I heard people on podcasts talking about was like, 
Um, you know, because people were kind of like, what the fuck? There was a lot of gaga in that match, and it was kind of a kind of a schmoz and blah, 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 blah. But bottom line, like, we got to see Shawn Michaels super kick Sting. Like, yeah. think about that. Like, how fucking yeah. cool is that? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Man, you got, you got to see Shawn Michaels super kick Sting. You got to see DX versus the NWO, for fuck's yeah. sake, man. Yeah. You'll never... <laughs> <laughs> like, you... You'll never see that again, and that's, that's what everyone's always wanted to see is the DX DX square up against the NWO, and it happened. You know, you had like, oh man, it was just so cool. So, as, as like a, a wrestling fan from that era, it's such a cool thing to see. And you had you had fucking Sting do a dive spot, man. Yeah, like, I know, to, right? Yeah. <laughs> to the outside, like however old Sting is, he's in his fifties or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, fucking hell, man! What else do you want? Like, yeah, yeah. What else would you want from a match? It was awesome, you know. Um, and the main event was so cool. I really liked the main event because uh, Reigns and Lesnar. For all the shit that Reigns was getting, he de- he delivered, man. Like he played his part perfectly. The whole going up against Brock Lesnar, taking so much so much punishment from Lesnar, and not being not backing down. The whole and this is when I start talk about like wrestling and people doing minimum but entertaining the fans. The one thing I remember from WrestleMania is well, one of the few things I remember is. Reigns looking at Lesnar and laughing. Yeah. After taking all that shit because that that just told like the per- perfect story. It was like like you've given me all this shit. You give me like you know four F5s and I'm still here. Like what else you got? Kind yeah. of thing. And that was a whole whole thing that Reigns was kind of going into WrestleMania with as well. But that that whole thing kind of stuck with me because I thought oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And then when you think oh yeah he he might actually do it now. Then motherfucking Rollins came in and the cash in. Everyone was the shit. And yeah, it was so good. So good. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Good insight. Good insight. So uh, when's your uh, when's your next when's your next show coming up? Who's it for? I, Where's it at? I am booked for South Coast Wrestling on the 30th of July. Um, so that's in near Bournemouth. So it's a Thursday, 31st, 30th of July. Um, after that, I'm actually quite wide open, so I'm looking at kind of obviously I'm taking bookings and I'm doing other stuff. I've got a powerlifting competition in, in the end of August, which I'm training for. So okay. I'm focus on that for a little bit, and then I'll be back on um, wrestling for progress, no doubt, towards the end of the year. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's other than my booking in July is relatively quiet, but that's kind of how I like it. Really, it's kind of it's played into my hands because I want to try. As I mentioned, doing something different with a hill type character, and I, I want to give that everything I have. Like I want to yeah, give you some time to develop it. Yeah, yeah I want to I want to work on that as, as much as I can before before it comes out. So, um, and whether that whether that the hill character is in progress or elsewhere will should soon to be seen. But I want I want to work on that and make sure that's nailed on and perfect before it kind of guys come and see it. In a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get in front of people. That's why. Yeah. I wanted to do at least 10 to 12 episodes of this show before I got you on here. Well, I wanted to get my shit <laughs> together before something serious got put on there. Look, man, I'm, the, I'm no, you, you, we've known each other for years. Yeah. You know, we've, yeah. But we go way back. I'm just a guy. I'm just I a guy who I wanted to do you know, that. But that's why. Because I love you. So I wanted to do the I, best I possibly I could. Eat, and slip, eat, sleep, and shit like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's, but yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. You want to put, make sure when it comes, when the time it's comes, be ready. you can put your best foot forward. 
Um, awesome. Yeah, so if you want to give out so you can get some, some fan shout-outs or some booking information to anybody who might be... I don't think anybody who can fucking book you is going to be listening to this. But... You never know, man. Yeah, never but, know. Um, what's your uh, Twitter and your... My, my, twi- my Twitter handle is at bodyguy underscore. So it's just the word bodyguy with an underscore at the end of it. Um, and that's that's probably where I'm more most contactable. I'm quite interactive with my with Twitter. I'm not to the point where I have like, you know, thousands and thousands of followers. I'm like ignoring people. I, if someone tweets me something, I'll tweet them back usually. All right, all right. See, my email address go. is on there. My contact is uh, bodyguyjohnson at gmail.com. It's on, it's on the uh, Twitter handle anyway. I usually get random people asking gym questions, which is really weird. Huh. Motherfuckers, email me to book me. Don't ask me gym shit. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm good. I'm glad you said that. Cause <laughs> I was about to say, none of you motherfuckers out there listening better not email him on some damn bullshit either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bookings only. Serious stuff. Yeah, this man has life, okay? Only, man. Like, don't right. email me about, like, uh, oh, what, what exercise should I do for this? Shut the fuck up, man. Like, How can I grow my traps, bro? Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, you know, you know, what we always used to get in that workout thread. How can I get oh. six pack abs? Oh, just tell me the up, fastest man. way to get six pack abs and to grow my arms. How do I grow my arms? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd be surprised how many emails I get with people saying, "Oh man, like, like, oh, what's what's your gym like to train in? Like, fuck it, just book me." Yeah. This is what it's called. Book me. Don't ask me gym yeah, questions. No, I'm not here for. The book me but, gym. That's what it's called. <laughs> that's awesome dude um awesome so you guys hit him up he's interactive yeah. he's not quite a huge star but he will be this will be the first place to be like I got it I got the original interview yeah. and plus I, I tweet to, to pop myself really I'm not, yeah. not so if someone tweets me something like I can play with it I'll probably tweet him back some <laughs> shit nice <laughs> you um, know, as thanks. long as it pops me I don't really care good shit good shit thanks a ton man finally we finally got this together this was awesome no, man, Adam, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been a real pleasure. Like, good talking to you as well. It's been a while we've spoken, so you know. I'm glad I've been able to jump on your, your podcast and talk to you, man. It's been good. Absolutely. You too. Um, hang, a, hang around a bit after uh, we go silent here because my fucking recorder will cut off the last 10 seconds of our conversation so I can exchange pleasantries after we're off air. But uh, once again, thanks. Thanks for everybody listening. Um, Ty Berna will be back probably next weekend if we can find a time if not i'll do a solo show for you guys um hope you you guys enjoyed us finally finally getting the star body guy johnson on the show um <laughs> very soon we'll, we'll get the Shockmaster back for uh, some more comic book movie news and we'll get uh peter crawford back to continue i think we're going to move on into uh macedonia and alexander the great in the near future and of course all of your wrestling news and analysis right here and Adam, just to add that, I will be back. Oh, yes, like the fucking Terminator, baby. Yeah. Yeah, like the motherfucking Terminator. I will be back. Definitely so will. I, I hope have to keep, catch up. I have to keep catch up with you guys uh, soon. Yeah, keep on recurring. It can be a recurring, uh, recurring feature on here. We keep checking in with you on your on your journey. until you Yeah, when I need bookings, I'll come back. <laughs> when, when I need more bookings, I'll come back. Or when I want to pub something, I'll come back. <laughs> Alright, brother man, uh, thanks for time. Thank you, buddy, for listening. Be back soon. Alright, bye.